Hello there. This is John Rallison. I'm the pastor at Journey of Life Lutheran Church, and I want to welcome you to Dig Deeper. It's our weekly uh, video cast and podcast that we use to go more deeply into whatever the subject of the week is that we've introduced in church in the sermon. And uh, so we take this opportunity to do some thinking and some reflection. Sometimes we uh, we it's sometimes it's a little more reflective. Sometimes it's a little more Bible study oriented. But what we always want to do is be digging deeper into some things. And so uh, this week uh, we are digging deeper into the idea of mission. We have been on a, a series that is faith, hope, love, and mission. Those are our core values. And uh, so this week, we are talking a little bit about mission. And to begin our talk about mission, before we uh, actually move into mission, I just do want to take a little time to review where we've been uh, in terms of what we've been uh, learning and studying about different things. And uh, I'm, I'm still kind of in, uh, we're, we're in improvement mode. Now we want to be in improvement mode. We want to be in improvement mode all the time. Uh, but right now we're in like serious improvement mode. Like every week I'm trying to kick things up a notch, right? So uh, we've got faith, hope, love, and mission as our series. And today we're talking about mission. But before we do that, I just want to review faith, hope, and love. And I got a new cam this week. So I want to welcome you to now this cam also needs to be kicked up a notch. Really what we'll probably need to do is I need to do some serious work on lighting over the next couple of weeks. But welcome to our uh, whiteboard cam. It's the whiteboard cam. Woohoo! Uh, and of course, if you're listening, you can't actually see that. But if you're watching, you can. And But don't worry, if you're just listening, I will describe to you what's going on. What I want to do is talk about faith, hope, and love for a moment and how they go together. So what I'm doing is I'm going to draw a little person. This is our little person right here. And uh, he, he's uh, um, got some arms. They're going to be out like this. And those are like oversized arms because I need to write in them. And uh, so there's our person right there. And our person has legs. Oops. <laughs> I am trying to think of too many things at once. Um, so our person has legs right there. And our person is standing on something. He's standing on something, right? Okay. So there we go. So we're talking, what we're trying to do is put faith, hope, and love into the life of the Christian. So for the Christian, here's what, here's one way to look at it anyways. Uh, the thing this person is standing on, we're going to call that faith. Faith is our entire world view. It's the way we look at everything in the entire universe. And our worldview is always through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Because our, what our faith tells us is that the God of the universe, uh, in many senses, is completely unknowable. We can learn a little bit about him. Things like uh, um, creative, powerful, things like that. But really, um, the God of the universe, the one who speaks this entire universe into creation, is really wholly other. It's just He's beyond our ability to really fit into our minds. And so if he did not, and I'm using he, you know, because just that's just the way we talk. Um, 
if if the God of the universe did not reveal himself to us, we would not know about him. But he has revealed himself to us in Jesus. And what we have seen is he is uh, the God of the universe is a God of grace and truth, which is good news indeed. So our entire worldview is governed by the person and work of Jesus Christ. It's the way we look at everything. So uh, then that that's the foundation for whatever we think is that and then we're we need to look out so this is like i'm i'm drawing what the person's looking at there and uh, so because of the person and work of Jesus Christ which we believe reveals the nature of god the character of god even though we uh we can't always see it and and in fact that grace and truth i think that if we look around our world uh, in many places and times, there is not only uh, uh, not only is there less grace and truth than we would like, but it seems almost completely devoid of grace and truth. And so that's why that's the faith we stand on, is we believe that God is a God of grace and truth, even when uh, it appears the other way. That's what we believe. And so our, our outlook on the world is hope. Uh, we have a positive outlook. We have an outlook that trusts that all things are in God's hands. And in the end, he will make all things right. He has shown that uh, his love through the death of Jesus Christ, uh, unwilling to uh, turn away from his mission for our sake. And he has shown his power in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we walk, we stand on faith and we look around ourselves with a hopeful attitude because of what Jesus done. And then the arms uh, for those of you who are just listening, you won't be able to see this, obviously. But I'm writing love on the arms because love is the way we interact with the world. It's not just a feeling. It's the way we treat other people in the world. Uh, last week, we went through 1 Corinthians 13, among many other passages. Love is patient and kind and not jealous or boastful or rude or self-seeking, etc. And so uh, that is the way we treat the world and we treat the world that way because we have these this hopeful way of looking at the world that's based in our faith, which is our entire worldview about the nature of the universe, which is based on the person and work of Jesus Christ. So there we go. Now we are going to move on to mission. Take us back over there. I'm going to pull my ugly mug off the, uh, the, the monitor, I think, there, and uh, on we go. So, our mission. I looked up the word mission. That's what I always do. Because if, if you don't have the same definition of words, here's your tip for your entire life. If you, don't, if you haven't yet made sure that you are using the words the same way, you can uh, talk past each other all day long and never realize that you're not coming to any sort of agreement at all. So, uh, mission. I looked up mission. There's all sorts of different definitions of mission. Many of them have to do with like churchy things. But what I'm going with is this one. It's the generic definition of mission from the Webster's Dictionary. A specific task with which a person or a group is charged. A specific task with which a mission or group is charged. All right. So I'm going to take you back to the whiteboard cam for a moment. And we're going to talk about mission. And what, I'm, what I want to tell you is that we're going to do mission in um, three, we're going to look for, look, we're going to see our mission in three ways here. So I'm going to leave that up there, but now I'm going to write, uh, uh, what we want to do is we want to walk forward in 
mission because mission is what it's all about right that's what you're going for uh in every movie there's a point at which uh someone at least in every adventure movie someone has to is confronted with something that they need to do and they choose to accept or reject the mission sometimes they they reject it and then they're driven back to accept it or whatever right i mean and it goes all the way from frodo and lord of the rings to woody and toy story everyone's got their mission so uh we're looking at mission in the life of the Christian in three different places. And the idea of doing this is that you can use this as a reflection for yourself to see which of these uh, you are uh, doing and which of these. It's, it's more to notice which one of these that you might not be participating in at the moment. Okay, so we're going to talk about mission. And we're going to talk about mission in three different areas. Uh, we're going to talk about mission as a corporate thing. There's the mission of the whole church, right? We're going to, and then we're going to talk about our individual mission. And we're going to talk about our individual mission in two, two ways. Uh, we're going to have the idea of our internal mission because we have uh, something we're supposed to be doing inside. That's called spiritual growth. And we also have like an external mission. Uh, which is some, which is the mission about way we, the way we are to relate to the world, uh, what we're supposed to be doing. So that's where we're going. Uh, mission, corporate mission, individual internal mission, individual external mission, and uh, back to the PowerPoint we go. First of all, our corporate mission. That's for the body of Christ. It's the whole church. And the Bible gives us this very simply. Jesus uh, gave us this uh, in clear and simple words. It's called the Great Commission. That's what we've been calling it as Christians for, I don't know, I haven't done the research, but I can't imagine it's less than 15 or 1600 years. Uh, so here's what Jesus said. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So there's a few things in here. The first is that uh, Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. And that's what Paul tried to, uh, that's what Paul tried to tell the people on uh, Mars Hill when he was talking with them, that uh, they, they were like, you know, this was the place where all the gods were talked about. And there was a statue to the unknown God. And Paul walked up and said, listen, uh, I, I see you guys are very, very like religious, right? You care about things divine and all that stuff. And you, and obviously you don't know everything because here's a statue to the unknown God. So let me tell you about God, really. And then Paul goes on uh, and talks about Jesus. And he says, there is a God of the universe and uh, we're all accountable to him. And he has made this person, Jesus of Nazareth, the judge of the entire universe, and he has confirmed that by raising him from the dead. And so, the, so in Matthew 28, Jesus, after his resurrection, says, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. So that's what the basis is, is of making disciples. So a disciple, what is a disciple? A disciple is uh, someone who and he says it right there. Someone who observes everything he's commanded us or taught us or whatever you want to say. Uh, we are, the job of the whole church is to encourage people to become 
followers of Jesus and to observe everything Jesus has commanded us to do. That's what a disciple is. We have baptism as kind of the initiating way we move into that. And then the rest of our life is learning and growing and observing everything Jesus has commanded us to do. Now, we, we do encounter a little problem because uh, uh, most of us uh, like a little structure. And so it's very uh, easy for us to go from one set of rules to another set of rules. And so we had the Old Testament rules or the Confucius rules or the Buddhist rules or whatever. And now we move to the Jesus rules. And here's the thing. The Jesus rules aren't written rules like that. I think that I, I Jesus would say this is the idea is not a wooden following of Jesus rules. It's not like check, 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 and I'm done. Uh, when Martin Luther was writing about the Ten Commandments uh, for the Christian, he talked about not only the things we shouldn't do, but because the Ten Commandments reveal the character of God and how humans should be living out our lives, the Ten Commandments also show us what we should do. For instance, not only should we not steal, but we should help people keep and defend their property. Not only should we not lie, but we should defend the reputation of other people and put the best construction on everything. And, and so the Bible makes it really clear that the idea of following Jesus doesn't come down to a set of rules. It's an entire shift in attitude. It's like being born again. Your whole life is disrupted and reoriented and rebuilt in a way that does not rely on rules. Now, the rules give us guidelines, but they don't become something we judge each other over. Let me, go, let me give you a, a couple of Bible passages here to go through this. So we got Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 to 26. Paul talks about the law kind of like a guardian until, some, until a kid grows up, right? Uh, and then the kid no longer has the guardian, but, he, but he's in charge of his home because he has grown. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 3, verses 24 to 26. So then the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Jesus Christ, you are all sons of God through faith. So the law, that's the Ten Commandments. That's all that kind of stuff. So Paul says that was there for a time and a season. But now that Christ has come, the law is not our guardian anymore. We, we, have, we, grew, we grow past it. And when we say we grow past it, we, we, it's not that we're getting rid of it. It's that we are uh, moving beyond it. We're not just slavishly following rules. We're not looking at rules as the minimum standard and then trying to get away with whatever we can within the rules. Because rules allow you to do that, right? We are reorienting our lives. That's what Paul tells the Galatians a little later in this same book. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working itself out through love. Trust in the goodness and mercy of God through Jesus Christ, which shows itself through love. And we spent a whole a sermon talking about love last week. I'm going to let you go uh, check that out uh, instead of uh, going through the whole thing again. And 
as we as our, our uh, um, the mission of making disciples, as as uh, encouraging people uh, not to to be observers of all that Jesus commanded us, and all that Jesus commanded us is to love. That's to trust God enough to love everyone. I mean, that if you want to sum it up, that'd be pretty good. Then and. and Jesus also, the other reason the idea of following a set of wooden commands doesn't work is because life changes, right? I mean, I don't think I need to make a case that life in 21st century United States or wherever you are is different than life in first century Israel, right? It's quite different. And so love is what guides us as we figure out how to follow Christ now, Jesus said to his uh, people who would listen to him, he said, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. And that's really important because old, that is like the Old Testament because there's a lot of value in studying the Old Testament. There's a lot of value in memorizing and reflecting on the Ten Commandments because, again, they do, uh, they do illustrate for us the character of God uh, who we want to follow because of God's great love for us shown in the person work of Jesus Christ. But there's all sorts of new things that need to, to be applied, new ways that that stuff needs to be applied and brought out uh, in the world. And so um, there's a lot of things that scripture doesn't address. And so someone who is trained in the kingdom of heaven, trained to follow Jesus, trained in the way of love, is able to go into new situations and not get all twisted up on the old rules because the rule is love and that's what needs to be applied to the situation. So that is the first piece of the thing. That is, uh, that is the corporate mission. Now we're going to move, that's the mission of the church. That's what the whole church is supposed to be doing. And then you're supposed to figure out your piece of it, which is the corporate mission. And now we're going to go on to the individual mission, which has two pieces, the internal and the external mission. So back to the PowerPoint. Our internal mission is what we commonly call spiritual growth. Uh, we are forgiven and reconciled to God because of what Jesus did, uh, the personal work of Jesus Christ. You can't say that enough, the personal work of Jesus Christ. But the question is, how does that work itself out in our lives? That is the question. And that is spiritual growth. And that's what you have to go after. Uh, Paul, writing to the Christians in Philippi, wrote this. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence. And this is the thing. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. This is the thing that kind of trips everybody up sometimes. Work out your own salvation right there. The biggest difference is it does not say work on. There's nothing to work on. Your entire salvation happened when Jesus died on the cross and rose again. 
your entire reconciliation with God happened when Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Anything that you think God is holding against you, any anything you any any um any system or framework by which you think you have to somehow earn God's love has been taken and killed on the cross. So you are right with God, not by because of you, but because of Jesus. So there is no working on your salvation. Your salvation has done because Jesus did it. But you have, you have a lot to work out now, that's for sure. What does it mean? Because your life has been reoriented now. What does it mean to live out love? We already saw that, that, that neither circumcision nor uncircumcision matters. That's what we read. The only thing that matters is faith working itself out through love. Circumcision and uncircumcision, by the way, I forgot this when I was on that slide, is the is a way of summing up the whole law. The, that's, um, the whole Old Testament law is summed up in the idea of being circumcised to be a follower, uh, to be one of the children of Israel. And uh, Paul is saying God has uh, is done with that. And now this is the new way. And it is uh, faith working itself out in love. And so now your job uh, for your internal spiritual growth is to work that whole thing out. And uh, at the end of this presentation, I'll give you a couple of resources for working out your, I'll give you a resource for working out your internal salvation, how this, the, how the grace of God percolates through your whole personality and your way of looking at yourself. So then we uh, move on to the external mission which is, uh, I'm going to give you a big sentence and then I'm going to divide it all up. Your external mission is serving others according to my individual giftedness in interdependence with others in service to all. That's the external part. The internal part is your spiritual growth. The external part is how you, in your individual giftedness, relate to other people and the world. So let's go. Spiritual, my, the external mission is uh, serving according to my individual giftedness. Really important this is. Paul writes to the Corinthians and says, you are the body and individually members of it. We're not supposed to be a conglomerated whole. We're not supposed to lose ourselves in each other. God celebrates and enjoys diversity and individuality. And we're going to see that in a moment. Paul writing to the Romans in chapter 12, verses 6 to 8, I just put a little summary up here. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. And then he rattles on, if it's prophecy, then, prof then, then prophesy out of faith and serve everybody with it. And he goes on like that. The point here is we're, each of us have different gifts, which are grace. That's gifts. Let us use them uh, to serve others. So the, the individuality is the thing. And we're going to come back to this at the end with some practical do's and don'ts. But what I want you to see here in these last two slides is that there is a, while there is certainly a corporate nature to the body of Christ, there is a celebration of each person's individuality and individual gifts that we're all supposed to recognize that each of us has been given gifts to serve others 
And the way we use those gifts is not like a lone ranger. It's in interdependence with others. That's the second piece of that sentence. In interdependence with others. That means they need us and we need them. There's nobody who isn't needed in the church. If you are listening to this, if you hear my voice, you are needed. You are an integral part of the church. Some people feel that more than others, but I'm telling you that it is true for every single person. And for those who uh, would say otherwise, Paul writes to the Christians in Corinth, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. God has so composed the body that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. So each of us has our individual gifts that we use. That's kind of our external mission is to learn how to use those gifts, discover what they are, including our personality and our our um, our spiritual gifts, of course, but our talents and our experience and our passion. And we use that in service to others and in interdependence with others because we need them and they need us. There's no Christian Lone Rangers. Now, I don't get all spiritual. I mean, I know some people go out and get sent and they do things, you know, they run off to do mission work in this place or that. And they might go alone, but they're not really alone. That's just their piece of our whole mission. So you have a vital piece to play in the mission of the church. Nobody can say, I have no need of you, whatever your name is. You have a vital piece of this interdependent sense of mission in the church, and it is in service to all. It's in service to all. Paul writes to the Ephesians that we are his, that's God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So that's uh, where we are with this idea of mission. We are, a bo- the body of Christ has a, a corporate mission to make disciples, to, to by baptizing and teaching people how to observe and follow what Jesus said to do and the way Jesus said to live because Jesus reveals to us God's nature through his person and work. And then we have, as a, each of us, as part of the corporate mission, has an individual mission that cannot be denied. And it comes in two pieces. First is that internal piece of spiritual growth. Uh, each of us has a lot of brokenness inside of us, but we can grow as our lives go on. And then, see, and, and also the external part. These, the external and internal are both relative to you. You have interior work to do, and then you have this exterior work to do, which, uh, as I said before, is my big long sentence, is your, your external mission is serving others according to your individual gifts in interdependence with others and serving all people everywhere. So that's pretty good. I think it's great. So I want to give you some do's and don'ts for, uh, l- for living in mission. Uh, we're going to start with the don'ts because we want to end positive, I guess. I don't know. It just seemed like we should start with the don'ts. So the first thing is, uh, the first thing is don't let others guilt you 
according to their gifts and calling. And this can happen when people uh, discover their passion and they know what's really important and what has to be done. But what happens is sometimes their, their spirit is so overwhelmed with the need uh, that has been laid on their heart that they feel like they're going to explode. They feel like everybody should be passionately involved in their thing. And, and sometimes they can lay quite a trip on you for not feeling the passion for their thing. And in fact, not even be willing to say yes to their thing uh, because you have a different thing, right? I mean, you have your gifts and they have their gifts. You have your passion. They have their passion. You're each trying to follow Christ uh, and observe what Christ has taught you about life in the world. And so a lot of that might, some of that anyways, might be saying no to somebody else even when they're really passionate about this thing they want to do, and it's a really good thing, but uh, it doesn't necessarily mean it's your thing to do. So thing one of the don'ts is don't let other people's, don't people's, uh, don't let other people guilt you for not living according to their gifts and calling. Now, the flip side of that coin is don't use not my calling to escape when you feel the tug of the Holy Spirit. Because God is gonna, is gonna call us all out of our comfort zones. Because our comfort zones are like way back in our broken old lives. They're not in this new life of expansive love and openness toward all and, and serving all people with our individual gifts and interdependence with the entire church. So, uh, so you're definitely going to be called from time to time out of your comfort zone. And that is okay. And, uh, and sometimes we're going to be tempted to say, that's not my calling. When in reality, there's something knocking on the door of your heart that kind of is your calling. And, uh, and you are running from it. So don't let others guilt you because your calling isn't their calling. But also... Don't use not my calling as an excuse or an escape when you feel the Holy, this Holy Spirit tugging you. And the third thing don't do is don't give up. Listen, you grow, you change. What your mission is, is going to grow and change. The internal mission of your spiritual growth is going to grow and change as you grow and change. <laughs> I feel like I'm kind of like going through this big growth period right now, actually. Um, so uh, that... You're going to grow and you're going to change uh, inside. You're going to grow and you're going to change in what your gifts are. Obviously, people grow and change in what their gifts are. Uh, nobody graduates college and goes straight to CEO. Now, they might start their own company, but they're not going to go straight to CEO of a company. you got to gain years and years and years of experience and further education to get there. And so as you grow in Christ, you're going to gain new experiences and education and new habits and new, um, maybe new passions, certainly more information, and you're just going to get more mature. And so your mission is going to change and morph and grow as you do. Uh, so don't give up because there are seasons in the Christian life. Some of the seasons are waiting and wondering what's going on, what's next, what's God doing in my heart, where's that internal work? Because sometimes when when there is no 
external thing around us that's really drawing us. It might be that God is trying to focus us inward because sometimes people, there, there are some personality types that really get caught up on the, the externals. And I'm, I'm, this is not a judgmental thing because the, the externals, like going out and serving people and all that stuff, it's really important. But some people get caught up to, in that to the exclusion of their internal life. They, or they even use their serving others to run from uh, some pain, uh, some emptiness, some brokenness inside uh, that they just don't want to face. So they live their lives outside. Uh, and and uh, so that might be where you're at and, and you just, you're not sure you find your passion dying for everything. Maybe you just don't feel like you want to do anything. Maybe, maybe where you're at is God is directing you to do some in, internal work right now. Uh, on the flip side, uh, some people are are so uh, um, concentrated on their internal spiritual growth that they never quite get around to uh, actually going out and doing something. So that's something that happens also. And those kind of people sometimes can uh, you can they they one more book. I, I got to read one more book. Uh, um, you know. Uh, let me fast one more time or or uh, let me learn how to pray longer or meditate or one more thing, one more this, one more that before I actually go out and do stuff. Uh, so it might be if you're not getting any, I don't know, whatever, if you're not feeling anything inside and you used to, maybe this is the time that God is calling you outside. Maybe you've spent enough time on your internals and you need to go be external with your mission for a while. I don't know. But either way, what I know is don't give up. And why should you not give up? Because of the person and work of Jesus Christ, which reveals to us the nature of God and his grace and his truth and desiring the best for us. On to the do's of uh, spiritual life. Do continually call to mind faith, hope, and love as controlling values in your life. Uh, faith, hope, and love. You cannot do better than faith, hope, and love, especially love. Uh, um, in fact, there's another Bible verse that says, love is the fulfillment of the law. So if you're looking for one thing to do, one thing only, one concept to think about, to contemplate, one thing to study and wonder about, love is the thing. Paul says there's three basic things, which we've done in the last three uh, sermons before this and, and Bible studies faith, hope. There's faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these, Paul says, is love. And like I said, the Bible also says love is the fulfillment of the law. And so you can't, you can't do better than focusing on love. And let that be the controlling thing in all of your contemplation and thought and service. So the second thing to do is be a lifelong learner about God, Christ, yourself, others, and the world. Because God is working in and through you. We read it's God who is working in you. Remember that verse? It said, uh, it said, work out your salvation with fear and trembling because it is God working in you for his good purposes. It's God working in you. Isn't that amazing? Is that so just Take these two, if you, if you just want two tiny little pieces to take home, take these two pieces. The character and nature of God is revealed in the personal work of Jesus Christ. The depth of love 
the, the profound depth of love willing to die for us. And the God whose, per, whose nature is revealed in the person and work of Jesus Christ is at work in you. <laughs> oh my gosh, what are you going to do with that? What are you going to do with that except say, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Okay, so let me just see if I can end my little revelry here for a moment. So be do be a lifelong learner about God. We never plumb the depths of God. You do not know all about God. I do not know all about God. In fact, I venture to say that the more you know about God, the less you know about God because uh, you just know how little you know about God. And yet we know God in the personal work of Jesus Christ. So study Jesus. Continue on that path of growing inside yourself. Do it. And uh, continue to seek ways to serve in the world. Do something. That's number three. Do something. It might even be intentionally waiting. I mean, for some, some there are periods where uh, there's no clear direction. And so you wait. Uh, but in other times, you know exactly what to do. Uh, so go do it. Be courageous. Be courageous. Remember, remember the faith, right? Remember, faith is what we stand on. And then pray. And this is, this is something that has, uh, has been growing in me in the past two or three years, is to pray as a listener as well as a praiser. So th this is what I would say to you about that. Um, if you're in a relationship with somebody and, uh, and you go out to dinner and they talk the whole time and you're listening, well, depending on what they have to talk about or if they need to talk about something, that's okay, right? That can be okay. But then you go out, maybe this is somebody you go out to dinner with every, you know, once every two or three weeks. You go out with them again and uh, they talk the whole time and uh, you don't get to say anything except it was great having dinner with you. And then you go out again and it's the same thing again. Well, pretty soon that gets old um, and it's not really a relationship. It's kind of a one-way thing. And I would suggest to you that uh, most of us have been taught to pray like that. We've been taught to sit and talk the whole time. And I would suggest to you that you learn to pray as a listener. I, I have nothing against talking to God, telling God what's important. Spend time praising God. Uh, spend time telling God what's on your heart that you're concerned about. Thanking God for things. All that stuff is wonderful, but let's add to it. Let's add to it the prayer of listening. Sometime in the middle of your prayer, just say, and now God, I'm just going to listen for a couple of minutes. And then just be quiet and listen and see what happens. I'm not saying you're going to hear voices, but I will tell you that I think that your spirit will feel the difference. I, yeah, I don't know what God is going to do. But I know that you need to spend time listening to God as well as talking to God. You do. So, let me give you three questions to think about here. These are the questions. Number one is, uh, how am I an integral part of the mission of the church? You are. We already read that, right? The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. Now, that doesn't mean people aren't going to act like that because this church is filled with broken sinners. 
But if they say that, you reject it as untrue. So the question is, how am I an integral part of the mission of the church? The second thing is, what habits do I have that foster spiritual growth? Do I have a habit of reading uh, the Bible or other spiritual growth material? Do I have a habit of meditating? Do I have a habit of uh, having spiritual conversations with other people? Uh, or going for walks, contemplative walks, whatever. Uh, there's a there's a thousand different habits that foster spiritual growth. And don't get caught up in learning them all. I'm just asking you if you have one. Do you have a habit or two that fosters spiritual growth? If not, um, you got to get one of those uh, or two. And if you go on johnrollison.com, my, my uh, blog site, I think that I have a blog or two on developing new habits. And if I don't, um, I will soon. Uh, uh, today, by the way, is February 7th, 2017. So I should have those soon if I don't already have them. And there's an excellent book called The Power of Habit, which is just a book about developing habits. And it's really, really awesome, awesome book to help you develop any new habits you want, not just uh, spiritual growth habits. So, uh, and then, um, what, what are we doing here? And then number three is, uh, what joy have I found in serving? And is there a new way in which I need to serve in love? So those are the questions. I want to give you a couple of resources uh, to uh, look at and um, consider uh, for your internal sp spiritual growth mission. Uh, one of the tools that I have found uh, more recently that I, I have uh, really found very, very beneficial is called the Enneagram. And I'm going to switch our camera view over here to the Internet so you can see what that is. And um, there's this website called uh, the Enneagram Institute which will give you a lot of good information about that. Here we go. There it is. The Enneagram Institute. Uh, this, the ready, that's the Rizzo Hudson Enneagram type indicator. Uh, you don't need to worry about that. That's not a free test. Uh, you, now, you might want to take it after you do this and see how powerful it is. But there's a free, if you go under tests right here, I'm showing you uh, if you're watching. If you go hover over tests on that menu toward the top of the page, uh, it says take the ready. There is um, there is a free version of that somewhere on here, and I don't remember where it went. So anyway, uh, here's what I'm going to tell you to do, and I'm going to do it while you're watching me. I'm going to ask you to uh, go to Google and do free Enneagram test like that. And then you'll find a bunch of different Enneagram tests. Uh, many of them free. A lot of them have like the short version that's free and then the upcharge version that um, is uh, more expensive. Oh, so here the Enneagram Institute right there has a free. Oh, oh, it's gone. How about that? They took it off. OK, anyway, any of these things will do to start with. And um, and it will tell you some things. And it's not it's it's going to tell you some things that are pleasant about yourself and things that aren't pleasant. Uh, 
It's gonna. It's it's pretty good. I, I would just encourage you to check it out. In the Enneagram, there are nine types of personalities, and I'm not going to go any further than that. Uh, but each one kind of, then each type has a way it bends one way or the other, and a different place it goes to under stress. It's, let me just say that I have found it really, really helpful for me. For me personally, it has really showed me some blind spots in my life. And I think it's really making a difference. Okay, so for your internal journey, your internal mission, I suggest you, one of the ways you do that is take the Enneagram. Of course, take an Enneagram test and study your Enneagram number. Of course, studying the Bible and all that stuff is also really good. Um, the, for your external mission for yourself, uh, as where you fit into the body of Christ, I'm going to uh, suggest you take a spiritual gifts inventory. That's one one thing you can do. And this, uh, I googled spiritual gifts inventory. And the second one that came up is from this website called Spiritual Gifts Test. And they have a spiritual gifts test adult version. Uh, and that's a version for grown-ups. <laughs> it's not, you know, anyway, I'm not even going to go there. But what I wanted to show you is that you scroll down. It has a place for you to enter all your, like, name and email and stuff. But these guys are great because uh, they obviously would like to get your name and stuff and market to you because they have to eat, right? And they want to help people. They want to eat by helping people. But if you scroll down, you'll see this big bar down here. It says continue as guest. And then you continue as guest. And then the test will just start. And there's 105 questions. So don't get discouraged. Uh, they'll give you a statement. And then you, you rate uh, 0 to 5 never true or always true. And then it'll give you some information about the different spiritual gifts. So that's, that is that. And um, I want to thank you for listening or watching. If you are, take you back to the whiteboard cam. Remember, we stand on faith. We look with hope. We reach out with love. And this is all done in mission to the world. Uh, we have a corporate mission. The entire church is there to make disciples, and each of us have a piece of it. And so each of us have a mission, and our mission is twofold. We have an internal mission of spiritual growth for ourselves, and we have an external mission, uh, which is learning how each of us is individually gifted to serve other people. So that is that. And I want to thank you very much for staying with me. If you're still here, uh, I am, again, John Rallison from Journey of Life Lutheran Church in Orlando, Florida. And you've been watching or listening to Dig Deeper. Uh, if you, these are always free, always will be. But if you want to donate to help us in our ministry, uh, you certainly are welcome to do that. And we'd appreciate it. Go to journeyoflife.org forward slash donate. That's journeyoflife.org forward slash donate. And uh, we have a lot of great resources for you at journeyoflife.org, all the sermon videos. If you're a person who would like to attend church, but for whatever reason can't get out to go to church, we also uh, post up there uh, the videos of our entire service. So you can walk through that. It, it's, uh, it, has, it includes a mild, for, mild liturgy with the Lord's Prayer and the Apostles' Creed and things like that. And uh, there's just other great stuff there. So I encourage you to visit that. Uh, if you want to check out my blog, it's johnrallison.com, johnrallison.com. And God bless you. May you be filled with grace and peace. And thank you for watching or listening. <laughs>